You're listening to 17 Karat K-Pop, the podcast that's a little bit of everything with a K-Pop twist. From pop culture critiques to the history of K-Pop to interviews with people in the K-Pop industry and K-Pop artists themselves, to concert and album reviews, to a deep dive into the discographies of different K-pop artists, to K-pop news updates, to stories about the music industry more broadly. This show tries to cover everything about K-pop and K-pop as it applies to the larger music and concert scenes. Visit 17karatkpop.weebly.com for more information about the show. That's 17-C-A-R-A-T-K-P-O-P-dot-W-E-E-B-L-Y-dot-C-O-M. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to 17 Karat K-Pop. Today on the show, some yays and nays, and a lot of good news in the world of K-Pop lately. So I have five big nays and only two yays, and the yays aren't even that serious. So I hope you enjoy this roundup of some good things going on in the K-Pop world. Also some miscellaneous headlines. We have to talk about the Golden Disc Awards and some COVID-related updates and so much more. Let's just get right into it, starting with my five yays. Yay number one, the new hosts of the radio show called Listen RTXT. This is considered the Korean radio show that is the only one explicitly by the youth for the youth. And given TXT's reputation, the big hit entertainment company Ethos, and the whole music video message that they carry about pressing issues the youth have these days, this is just the perfect fit for them, this show. So it's kind of an advice show, talk radio, more than just playing music. And Listen airs every Sunday, 7 to 9 p.m. Korean Standard Time. Yay number two goes to another favorite of mine getting a much-deserved opportunity. My Luna Bias, and your new Luna Bias if you need help picking one, Chu has her own YouTube show called ChuTube coming. Great time to show off her just lovable, adorable self. I love seeing her persona in Luna, of course. She needs to stay in Luna, but I love her getting to show her unique quirks outside of the per- the stage persona she has, just the more goofy parts of her personality, and to show that other side of herself through individual YouTube activities will be really exciting to watch unfold, especially because she contributes a lot to K-pop idol culture that I don't think a lot of people realize. For example, the hand-heart gesture that a lot of K-pop stars do, she popularized the apple hand-heart, as it's called, where it looks like you bite into an apple as your hands make the hand-heart. Anyways, very excited for this show. Another great Western talk show opportunity has opened up for Seventeen, on the heels of their performance on The Late Late Show with James Corden, Seventeen is now going to perform on The Kelly Clarkson Show January 13th, so mark your calendars for that. It's right before my half-birthday, and we love to see it. 2 p.m. Eastern Time, January 13th, which is 1 p.m. Central Time Zone, Chicago Time Zone, and then I believe 11 a.m. Pacific Time. My last yay goes to just the overall increased Hallyu spread around the world. Korean and other music and other languages now being listened to more and more and more around the world. This globalization of music and people being more open-minded to getting into music that they don't know the lyrics to right away and realizing all the other appeal that the music can still have for them is really in full force now and I'm excited to see the numbers now made official to back that up. So Alpha Data Analytics just revealed their 2020 data about changes in listeners' habits from 2019 to 2020. First of all, BTS audio streams in 2020 alone 
reached 1.6 billion, with a B, worldwide, surpassing big Western pop names like Beyonce and Halsey. Blackpink streams this year increased 175%, and the other K-pop stars with the most notable streaming increases this past year were Twice, whose streams increased around the world 120% compared to the year before, and NCT 127 with 177% of an increase. Let's stop and appreciate that for a minute, not just because these artists are my favorites and they deserve it, but also because NCT 127 is just a subunit of NCT. This is why they are so, so iconic with all of their subunits, because the streaming went up way more than that if you're just taking into account streams for NCT Dream, Wavy, and all the other subunits, and configurations of the members for NCTU and etc. So just for that one subunit of NCT, the increase was 177%. So imagine what it was collectively for all the NCT subunits and then the solo OSTs and other solo songs. It is just incredible the impact they are making worldwide. And again, we love to see it. But these trends are not just limited to that handful of K-pop acts. K-pop streams collectively went up 31% around the world. Let's provide a little bit of context for how big that is. Pop music listening didn't really increase at all compared to years past. It's just been consistent. The R&B listening increase was 7%, hip-hop 11%, and rock 12%, K-pop 31%. Meanwhile, Afrobeats streaming rose 129%, and what is labeled regional Mexican music rose 54%. There was also a 37% rise in listening to merengue around the world, which is a form of music that originated in the Dominican Republic. So Afrobeats, Latin music, and K-pop, and other Korean music is really just having an incredible global impact, and that has now been solidified through Alpha Data's analytics. Remember how just a few seconds ago I said that was my last yay for the episode? Just kidding, apparently, because I have not yet talked about one other thing I want to share, some exciting news about K-dramas. My favorite actress, Son Hye-kyu, is starring in a new drama called The Glory, and I am so intrigued by this plot. It's going to be an eight-episode series. It's billed as a drama, but I feel like it could be a comedy, too. So I'm not sure what angle they took here, but or what angle they should have taken here, but the plot focuses on someone who gets bullied in high school and seeks revenge but holds a grudge so impressively long that instead of just hurting the bully, she wants to punish the bully and the bully's kids. So she waits and does not have revenge enacted right away. She waits until her bullies are grown up, married with kids, and then becomes the kids' elementary school teacher. There are so much room for hijinks there. I am so curious where they go with that plot and very excited to see more of my favorite actress. My yay number one goes to this new partnership that I am not here for. It reads like Mad Libs. It left me very confused. Super M is now partnering with Prudential Insurance. You read that right. You heard that right. Whatever. I heard that and I thought, is this The Onion? What am I reading? They plan to hold events sponsored by Prudential Insurance moving forward to, quote, motivate people to lead healthier lives, unquote. And I am just so confused what it means when a musician partners up with an insurance company. What does that mean? Is there a way to have, like, some sort of 
I don't know. I don't even know what they're planning. Are they trying to be the next flow from Progressive? What is going on? Prudential does have 13 markets across Asia. I'm not saying that it's weird because it's a Western company or something. It's just odd because I don't know what they mean by this. I just feel like Super M already has a lot more exciting collaborations, like with Marvel, for Pete's sake. They don't need this, too. It's just weird, and I don't know who it's for, who the target audience is here, and I just... What is this? I'm so confused. Another thing I'm not here for is my yay number two, which goes to Secret Number, a girl group who just announced their official fandom name, and it was not what I had hoped it would be. They chose, out of the fan nominees, they went with a cutesy one, and with a name like Secret Number for a band, it lends itself to something really bad, really sassy, attitude-filled, and just a sassy mood, and I just was not here for the cutesy option. But they went with lock and key, spelled lock plus key, all one word, intended to be pronounced like Rocky. Instead of lock and key, with a name like Secret Number, I was rooting for like the code hackers or the code breakers or something like that, so not my ideal pick. There is some big breaking news that I decided not to put in the yay or nay category. By the way, I realize that I've been saying yay every time, even though I also gave you two nays, so sorry for that Freudian slip. But there is some big news that is a mixed bag of things I'm happy for and things I'm not. GOT7 has not disbanded, but their time with JYP Entertainment is officially coming to an end. There were a lot of rumors about this throughout the past few weeks that I addressed last week on the show. And my predictions are pretty spot on, honestly, about what they would decide to do going forward. GOT7 debuted in 2014, and the seven-year curse, as it's called in the K-pop world, has come upon them in some ways. Their contracts officially expire January 19th, 2021, and then they will all move on to their own agencies. But they stress the fact that this is not a disbandment, which is what I thought they would do, kind of like BAP did, where you have a sense that something is over and it's the end of an era, but that they will always come back around maybe years down the line. And so we will see if that happens, but for now, I definitely see them taking a few years apart to engage in these solo pursuits. JYP Entertainment's official confirmation of their plans did confirm some rumors and provide some new information as well. And each of the seven members has some really exciting, frankly, plans in the works for their solo careers, which is why it's not all bad news. Mark plans to go back to his hometown in LA, where he may pursue a solo music career he's still deciding, and he hopes to become a YouTuber of sorts. I can totally see that for him, and not to peg myself on the back too much, but I also predicted that more K-pop artists would engage in YouTube channels in the future, so a double prediction coming true here. Anyway, Jackson is going to continue with Team Wayne, his label, and also join a new agency in Korea to keep up Korean promo as well. Similarly, Bam Bam hopes to promote both in Thailand, his home, and in Korea, so he's in talks with several agencies for Korean representation and already has representation in Thailand separate from that. His Korean representation is, as of recording time, just rumored to be with Make Us Entertainment. 
which is home to Sunny Me and Park One. That's a that's a company I would I could totally see him fitting in at, and I would love to see some Sun Me and Bam Bam interactions and collaborations and stuff. Meanwhile, JB has gotten some offers, but no agency name has been revealed yet. But apparently, he's really in serious talks with a few different agencies who hope to sign him. So there may be quite the the competition among agencies for him. Yun Jae is officially going to join Sublime Artist Agency, which is home to the singer Rain, who came out of JYP Entertainment as well. And Jin Yun has officially decided to join Big Hit Entertainment, but as part of the acting division, so he'll probably not focus on music for quite a while now and stick to acting for now. What is labeled GOT7's official last appearance as a seven-piece group was the Golden Disc Awards, which was confirmed only after they showed up, which I kind of appreciate because if they had given us warning days in advance, it would have been extra, extra emotional letting it sink in, but it didn't truly sink in because it was surprise news during the show that it was going to be their last time as a group promoting like that, so... It was a little more bearable, I think, to not have that emotional buildup, but that's just me. They looked really happy, and I was a bit surprised by that, but they looked very, very happy, even more than usual together at the Golden Disc Awards. So I, f I feel like they feel very free now to be themselves, and then they'll probably come back with even better music and working as a better team if they've gotten that break from each other, which is healthy, I think. So I, I view this as, frankly, not that disappointing just because I think it'll be good for them and they're happy and so I hope the fans are happy too because this is just the start of a new chapter for them and I really think we could get a lot of cool creative exploration out of this new chapter. More of your K-pop headlines. Nuis Aaron is taking a hiatus from the group citing anxiety. Cherry Bullet is now officially the latest artist to join Weavers. Lovely's Miju just got her own Instagram account. Congrats to Bean Zeno, who just got engaged on New Year's Eve, no less. Title has announced their list of the K-pop rookies to look out for in 2021. Number one being an hyphen. Day 6's video for Shoot Me just reached 40 million views. Jesse's video for Nunu Nana just reached 70 million. Espa's Black Mamba just became the fastest K-pop debut video to reach 100 million. I Can't Stop Me by Twice just became their fastest music video to reach 200 million views. G-Dragon and Taeyang's collaboration Good Boy, such a classic, just reached 300 million views. Blackpink's How You Like That Dance Practice video just reached 500 million views. BTS's Save Me is at 550 million. BTS's Dynamite is at 750 million views. One more bit of breaking news, actually. BTS's album B just became their second fastest and the second fastest period Korean album to reach 1 billion Spotify streams. At number one still is BTS's Map of the Soul 7, so again, they just beat their own record. In other exciting news, Iran and Shihyun from Everglow have now officially tested negative for COVID-19 after testing positive in early December. They are finally officially negative and recovered and ready to return to Everglow promotional activities. Congrats to all the winners at the Golden Disc Awards. Nuist, IU, Mamamoo, BTS, Monster X, Luna, The Boys, Jessie. The grand prize winner was IU. And in her acceptance speech, she officially confirmed that her new album is on the way, 
which I'm very excited for. And she hopes to have the first single from the album out sometime this January. So get ready for that. I hope she has a sugar collab again on that full album. It would also be great if her promotional time crossed over with Epic Highs so I could get a love story reunion. Love story this on, not real life love story, but you know what I mean. A special shout out to NCT for their Golden Disc Awards wins. Resonance won for Best Album, as well as Neozone also won a Best Album Award, and NCT127 won the Cosmopolitan Artist Award. I also appreciate during the acceptance speech that they gave a shout-out to Taeyeon, who couldn't be there due to his injury, but I appreciate that they're thinking of him. Special episode coming your way tomorrow. That's all I will say about it, but just get ready. I'm excited for tomorrow's episode. Stay tuned for that. But otherwise, thank you for listening to the show today, and I will talk to you all soon.